The Awareness Revolution Podcast, where we bring you alternative views on big topics that affect just about everyone. If you want to improve your life and change the world, then stay tuned. You'll hear cutting-edge health, financial, and personal development strategies from a revolutionary perspective. Warning. Listening may take you outside your comfort zone, separate you from the pack, and change the way you see the world. Here's your host. Jeremy Kinney. Hello, everyone. This is Jeremy here. Thanks again for joining me on the fourth episode of the Awareness Revolution podcast. Today's podcast episode is going to be covering the fourth element of nature, the sun. So this is the fourth part of my four-part series based on my ebook. Gifts from Nature, so make sure that you check it out. If you're just listening, I just want to let you know that we also have a video podcast on iTunes, and I'm actually going through the PDF where you can actually see the book, and you can see how well it's done, and kind of pay attention as we go along so you have a visual representation. So yeah, check out our video podcast, a YouTube channel, uh, stuff like that. But hey, if you if you just want to listen to audio, that's certainly fine. So let's go ahead and get right in. The reason why I want to talk about the sun is because it's so important. It provides light, but it does much more than that. You know, I mean, even if it just provided light for us to see during the day, that would be enough to where, you know, we should really praise this thing. But it does much more than that. It is responsible for virtually all life on the planet. You know, the sun provides light, you know, through a process that we have all heard of, you know, photosynthesis. And then we absorb that energy by eating the plants. Animals eat those plants and the other animals eat those animals. So, yes, the sun is essential for life, not just animals and plants, but your life, too. Now, like all the other elements, it's weird that the sun has been, um, I don't know, it's just its just under attack. Uh, I don't know when it started, but I know in the 20th century, there's been some sort of campaign to make people afraid of the sun. And this blows my mind. It's like this big ball in the sky that is responsible for all of life, for some reason, is now deadly. That's what they want you to believe. They want you to fear the sun. They want to tell you that it causes cancer. So therefore, don't go outside without protection. It's like having safe sex and stuff like that. You know, you've got to wear your sunscreen or else this ball in the sky will kill you. I don't know. There's a lot of hysteria around it, but the sun isn't alone. If you follow the other three episodes, I... You know, if you don't, I recommend that you do, but you'll notice there's a pattern here. You know, the best water is spring water, but if you ask people if you should drink the spring water, they'll tell you no because it could be contaminated. Well, ask the people in Flint, Michigan about contaminated water, and you'll see that your water, whether it's tap water or bottled water or even filtered water, if you get it filtered, if you have your own filter at home, all that water can be contaminated too. So, you know, the same thing goes with food. You know, the best food is wild food, 
but you know, ask around, and you're probably not going to get very, um, you're probably not going to get people giving you a good response when you ask them if you should eat the wild food that's growing in your area. And of course, air, the best air is air outside nature. The air inside your home is much more polluted. And, um, you know, the reason why we don't hear a lot of uh, fear propaganda on air is because no one's selling you air yet. But trust me, you know, once it gets to the point where they can sell air, they're going to scare you away from um, breathing natural air outdoors. You know, like the, the cartoon, the Lorax, you know, that's what's going to come to, you know, people are going to be, fr you know, freaked out. And shoot, if we keep this up, we keep polluting the air. I mean, there's going to be a legitimate concern. That's already a concern because the air is becoming contaminated. But the answer isn't to stop drinking um, the, the spring water. It isn't that we should stop breathing in natural air. It's we should stop polluting the the earth so that way the spring water doesn't be polluted we got to stop polluting the air so we don't have polluted air and you know while we're not polluting the sun um you know i guess i guess their way of uh you know saying that we are making the sun dangerous is because of climate change and all this other stuff that's another topic but um, you know, maybe they're even, you know, at least suggesting to use chemtrails. They're saying they, that they're they're just now going to start trying to experiment. But if you've been paying attention long enough, you'll know that they've been doing these chemtrails supposedly to combat global warming. And I mean, that they've been talking about it for a while. David Keith, you know, they call it geoengineering. But yeah, I mean. They're, they're already trying to combat the dangerous effects of the sun from global warming. But, you know, they're, they're, they're constantly coming at us with this fear propaganda with the sun. So before we get into it at all, we have to realize that that is just fear-based propaganda. And like everything else, if you go the opposite direction, you're much more likely to find the truth. So you have to break free from the conventional norm and just think about it. God wouldn't have put this big ball of, you know, fire or whatever out there in the, in the, in the sky to provide life for all of us. Well, except for the humans, you know, it, it just causes us cancer. Come on, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. The sun has been a very important part of human life all throughout history. I mean, you know, way back in the day, you know, thousands of years, you know, there were cultures all over the world that actually worshipped the sun. And, you know, ranging from the Greeks to the Egyptians, you know, they had um, sun deities. Um, the sun has influenced a lot of religions around the world ever since. I mean, they've even built some of these um, interesting structures based on the sun, you know, based on the sunrise and the summer solstice and stuff like that, you know, they wouldn't go through such great um, work. They wouldn't, they wouldn't go through that much work to build something that correlated with the sun 
unless it really meant a lot to them. These ancient cultures really took the sun very seriously. We take it for granted. We are so disconnected from nature that we just not only take it for granted, but, you know, to the point where we overlook its benefits to where all we have is risk. So people just ignore the sun and they don't they don't feel like there's any repercussions from doing so. But of course there is. Just like plants need a certain amount of sun, so do humans. We are just like plants. We need sun, we need water, you know, we need food, we need minerals. You know, these things, you know, we have all in common. And not all plants need the same amount of sun. Just like not all people need the same amount of sun. We're going to get into why and how you can tell how much sun that you need. But before we go any further, let's get into some of the health benefits of the sun. See, the sun is one of the best sources of healing that we've ever discovered. It's been shown that the sun has a positive epigenetic effect on us, even more of a positive effect than anything else ever discovered. It activates the healing genes in our body. The sun, it boosts your immune system. It elevates your mood. It helps you build strong bones and much more. You know, why would anyone make people fear the sun when it's so obvious that it's needed? It's been known how important the sun is. And it seems like the more advanced we get, the more we forget about these simple gifts from nature. Now that we are living in the uh, modern times, at least we can look at it scientifically and better understand why the sun is so beneficial. So what we figured out is that the sun stimulates the release of feel-good chemicals in your body, such as dopamine, serotonin, and beta endorphins. So the sunshine triggers these positive substances in your body, and it also suppresses hormones that make you feel tired, like melatonin. See, melatonin is produced when you sleep. So when you wake up, if you walk outside, the sun goes through your eyes and it signals to your body, hey, it's time to be awake. It's time to take on the world. So just that alone is a good therapy to help get people back in their own circadian rhythms, waking up to the sun. Unfortunately, you know, the modern life has also brought us bright lights after dark, which throws off our biological clock. So instead of the sun going down and no light going through our eyes, we're staring at a computer screen a lot of the time or, or a TV. And so our body isn't able to start producing the melatonin because it's still looking into a pretty bright light. So one of the things that you can do that, there's these um, blue light filters, which are, um, you know, there's, they've got sunglasses, they've got apps on your phone, and, you know, different things to kind of combat the blue light that comes from 
these um, TVs and stuff. And it's really this, the spectrum of blue that's supposed to be the most harmful. Vitamin D is what is credited most for the sun's healing benefits. But what's interesting about it is this is not really even a vitamin. It's actually more of a hormone. And it is produced because of sunlight hitting our skin. When the sunlight hits our skin, there's a process that takes place, and then our body gets vitamin D. But, you know, very few people realize that harsh detergents, such as soaps, can actually disturb that natural process that takes place in order for your body to make vitamin D and absorb it. And it takes up to 48 hours for all the vitamin D that's created on your skin to actually be absorbed by the body. So you really don't want to be using harsh detergents at all because we have microorganisms that live on our skin. But you really don't want to be using these harsh detergents all over your skin after a good day of sunlight. So, I mean, really you can get away with just washing your armpits and your personal areas most of the time because that's usually all that's needed. And those areas don't really get a lot of sunlight anyways. So, you might want to be a little bit more mindful of that when you're out in the sun. You don't want to come straight in and just cover your body with this uh, harsh soap because that will also disturb your vitamin D production. Vitamin D is best to get through the sun but we can get it through supplements you know because a lot of the year we're unable to get it from the sun and how much vitamin d you can get and what time of day and what times of year is all determined by where you live now there's a way that you can figure it out online and i actually made a blog post to show you how you can easily find out the time of day that you can get vitamin D where you live and I'll link to that blog post in the show notes so check that out and that way you know but a good rule of thumb is that you're able to get it around noon now in the summertime like here in Florida you might be able to get it maybe 10 o'clock in the morning till 3 o'clock in the afternoon so you have a five-hour window that window might be shorter where you live and then obviously the window gets smaller when it's spring and when it's winter time you can't get it at all. That's why when I can't get enough vitamin D naturally from the sun, I supplement with it. If it's cloudy that day or I'm just too busy to get out in the sun, I'll take a supplement. You know, if it's winter time, I'll pretty much take a supplement every day to keep my vitamin D levels up. You know, you obviously you want to get it from the sun. You know, and you and you can tell. You know, when someone is tan, they've been at the at, in the sun. You know, or they go to the tanning bed, they look tan. They look healthier. They look better. That's why they go to the tanning bed because people look better when they go tanning. And what happens if you go without the sun? You start to look sick. So this is all pretty obvious, and you know, I guess from thousands of years of use, that's just what our brains have come accustomed to thinking when we see people tan, when we see people that need to be out in the sun. Now, obviously, because of our modern lifestyles, we've gotten separated from 
you know, the sun. You know, we're indoors most of the time. You know, now we have this problem where people who their um their ancestors were somewhere where they had a lot of sun, now they're living in somewhere where they don't get a lot of sun and vice versa. You know, it gets a little complicated because you know, there's a lot of different factors that go into place when you're trying to figure out how much sun that you need. And again, you know, it's going to vary not only where you live, but it's other things that are going to be involved too, such as the clothing that you're wearing, because obviously that blocks the sun and the color of your skin. If you're light skinned, you know, if you're basically, if you're pale white, it's not going to take a lot of sun to get the vitamin D that you need. Whereas if you are black, you're going to need more time in the sunlight to get the same amount of vitamin D because the black, the darker the skin pigment, the more protection you have against the sun. Therefore, you need more sun to get the same amount of vitamin D. There are three types of ultraviolet rays produced by the sun. UVA, UVB, and UVC. Now, you only really need to be concerned with the first two types because UVC doesn't make it through the atmosphere to reach the Earth's surface. So you've got UVA and UVB. Now simply put, UVA is bad, UVB is good. Now UVB is the type that causes the reddening on your skin when you're out in the sun too long. You get that sunburn. But it's also the UV rays that produce vitamin D production. It's interesting because... We use filters that block out these rays. Some filters block out one, and some filters block out both types. For example, windows block out the UVB rays. But the windshields that are in cars, they're specially made to shield us from both UVA and UVB. So if you're sitting in your car, the sun may or may not be damaging your skin, depending on which angle the sun's coming from. If it's coming from the windshield, it's blocking all that out. But if it's coming from the side, that means it's blocking the good UV rays, the UVB, and letting the harmful rays get through. And that's what has caused the sunscreen dilemma. See, a lot of these people with the sun phobia, they have a solution. They just tell you to wear sunscreen. The problem is, is until recently, sunscreens had the same problem as windows. They blocked the beneficial rays and still allowed the good ones to come in, you know, because people didn't want to get sunburned. So what would happen is they created a sunscreen that would block the UVB rays because that's what creates the sunburn. But at the same time, the harmful rays work still allowed to come through. This gives people the false sense of safety because they think because they're not getting burned that they're safe from the sun. And it's the exact opposite. So this is where we get into the murky waters where, you know, the claim that the sun 
causes cancer, well, it's partially true. You know, it can cause cancer, but water can cause drowning. You have to be smart about it. You can't just drink an unlimited amount of water. So it's the same thing. You have to be smart about it. And sometimes technology comes along that has unintended unintended consequences and sunscreen is one of them because we weren't that knowledgeable on what was going on here we just didn't want the sunburns and you know there is some research that suggests that you know it was when we started getting these sunscreens that we started getting these certain types of cancers and in areas that didn't use sunscreen they didn't get those cancers that's very likely because it was blocking the good rays, but letting the bad rays in. Sunglasses can block UV rays to protect the eye. Now, I don't really think that sunglasses are necessary most of the time, but if you are going to wear them, make sure that they block 100% of UV radiation. Polarized lenses don't necessarily block UV rays, and... It's weird because some cheap sunglasses do block all the UV radiation, while some expensive ones don't. But if you're in doubt, just have your optometrist test your sunglasses. It should be for free and it shouldn't take that long. Now, the only time that it's a good idea to wear sunglasses is when there's a lot of reflective light, such as from snow or the water. So if you're skiing or you're on a boat on the water, wearing sunglasses is probably a pretty good idea. One of the best ways to protect yourself from the sun is not sunscreen. It's inner protection. Now, of course, inner protection only goes so far, but you'll be amazed at how good you can protect yourself from the sun with antioxidants and greens. You know, for example, beta carotene shields the nucleus of each cell. And astaxanthin is a really powerful antioxidant. It's really in a class of its own. And when you consume it, it acts as sunscreen protection in your body. And what you may find is that if you're taking astaxanthin, I mean, you can get it through your diet, but if you're supplementing with a good dose of astaxanthin, you can, you can actually stay out in the sun for longer without getting burned. Now, shaga is a medicinal mushroom, and it grows out of birch trees primarily, but it's also a really good source of inner sun protection. Shaga is one of the healthiest herbs on all the planet. It's very anti-cancer, but one of the unique things about it is it also has melanin in it, which is an antioxidant. The melanin in Shaga has a very strong genoprotective effect on the body. It's also very beneficial for the eyes and skin. And fruits in particular, berries are great sources of antioxidants. So with proper nutrition and a little consciousness, you can reap the benefits of the sun without risking your health. Now you can get vitamin D from other sources besides the sun. You can get it through food, you can get it through milk. You know, we all think of vitamin D milk, but vitamin D milk isn't a good source of vitamin D. It's not consistent. What it says on the label is usually wrong. Usually, you know, it's actually much less. But, you know, you can get it through food. 
but you'd probably be better off supplementing to be safe. I recommend getting your vitamin D levels tested. You can get them tested at the end of summer and then maybe at the beginning. That way you can kind of tell where you're at and get it tested a couple years in a row until you get on top of it and that you know your levels are optimal. One of the best ways to get the benefits of the sun is actually sun gazing. It's a little controversial because we've all been told not to stare at the sun, but there's a small window of time when you actually can look at the sun. But that's basically about 45 minutes during sunset and sunrise. So as you're watching the sunset, you can look at it and during sunrise, the same thing. So you don't want to look straight at it right away. What you want to do is you want to slowly move your eyes closer to it and let your eyes adjust and maybe like look around it, you know, do circles around it with your eyes and get it to where you can look at it. And then when you look at it, look away, look at it, look away and keep going back and forth to let your eyes slowly adjust and you can finally stare at it, especially when the sun is setting and it's almost set. You know, you've had plenty of time to let your eyes adjust and then you can basically just stare at it for minutes at a time. And, you know, I do a lot of health stuff and don't feel a lot from it, to be honest, but the sun gazing is something that I feel immediately. I would say of all the things that I do, Consistently, when I sun gaze, when I drink fresh spring water from the source, I feel the difference and it's immediate. So it's amazing. I think there's definitely something to it. There's a documentary out there called Eat the Sun about it. There's been a fair amount of research into people doing it. And some people even claim that they can live off the sun's energy alone. I don't know how true those claims are. Um, how much merit there is, but there seems to be at least some truth to it. But at the very least, um, you can notice the effects. It's something worth trying. And if it makes you feel good, then you might want to keep it up. But that pretty much wraps up our podcast on the sun. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you get out there and get your sunlight regularly. Get your vitamin D levels checked and enjoy the gift that nature provides to you for free. I want to thank you for listening all the way to the end. That really says something about you and your character. I hope you got a lot out of this and enjoyed listening to it. If so, please do me a favor and take a minute to rate our podcast on iTunes and please share it with your friends. This message needs to get out to the world. We're going down the wrong path. And this is a lot of stuff that pretty much anyone can apply to improve their health. And it doesn't cost them anything. So share this with your friends. But before I let you go, I do want to tell you that this is the end of the four-part series that we had based on my ebook, Gifts from Nature. So... Of course, if you want that, you can find that on the website, theawarenessrevolution.com. If you buy it straight from the website, you get both a Kindle version 
and the PDF that you see in the video. If you're just listening on audio, there is a video version on YouTube and on iTunes. So you do get that PDF version as well when you buy it from my website, not from Amazon. But the, you get a lot of information just from these four podcast episodes. The first one, you hear about all kinds of different foods and herbs that you can um, find in nature for free. The second one is all about water and its magical and mysterious healing properties. And uh, if you don't want to listen to all that you, and you just want something simple, you just want to know, hey, um, what kind of water should I drink? Um, I'm going to tell you in just a second. Uh, the quick answer to that question and of course the third episode was on air and this one was all about the sun I'm gonna give you one last piece of information before you go did you know that most filtered water and bottled water is bad for you though filtration takes out most of the bad stuff it takes out the beneficial minerals too which leaves you with destructured water that's dead Plastic bottles leach chemicals into the water, but I'm going to tell you about the best water filtration system that I have found. I drink it every day. It's called Miracule Water. It's an advanced reverse osmosis system with a few extra stages in the process that vortexes the water to restructure it and bring it back to life. Instead of just wasting water like typical reverse osmosis systems do, Miracle Water concentrates the Ormus from gallons of water to produce the best water you can get from your tap. It even adds magnesium to it too. This thing is in a league of its own. To learn more about this cutting edge technology that almost no one is aware of, visit MiracleWater.com. That's M-I-R-A-C-U-L-E Water.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Awareness Revolution Podcast. Be the change you wish to see in the world.